We are just 48 hours away from the 2021 Elegant Excellence Goals Journal Shop opening. Insert sound effects of like confetti and and all the things, but I don't really have sound effects people on this podcast. It's just me. So those those are what the sound effects are going to be. And just 24 hours from now, I am hosting a live online reveal party where I will be sharing all the news and new additions for this year's version. And those who join me live will get 24 hour access to the shop, which you are going to want because here is a peek behind the scenes. We actually ordered just two thirds of the amount of journals we sold last year. I know that sounds crazy. If we had this many buyers last year, why would we buy less than the amount of journals we already sold? Why would we not buy more, believing there's going to be even more buyers this year? Here is why. I want to do my best to serve you. Even if it means, as an entrepreneur, I sell less of a product. I only want you to get it if it's going to bless your life and really set you up for success. So last year, we let you order the journal throughout December and January, but then you started the year feeling behind and you were frustrated that you hadn't done the work earlier to really set yourself up well. So this year, we're going to sell out the shop early to make sure you get your journal in December and you can really start to dream and reflect to start your new year with intention. Today's episode is a teaser of the content inside the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal. We dream big, learn from our past, choose less but better for our goals. We are always working to become more essentialist. And then we systematically walk backwards to lay out a plan to truly make those goals happen so we can be incredibly proud of ourselves. We cannot beat ourselves up so much. We cannot have so much guilt, shame, failure, negative self-talk. I am raising my hand, flailing wildly over here in my home office because so much of it for me is the the mental berating that I do of myself when I do not make these things happen. I struggle with feeling behind every week. <laughs> no matter how hard I work, I still end up feeling like I have said yes too much. Those are the reasons that I needed something more than I was finding in other planners or journals, and I set out to create what I really needed. And I also don't just want cold spreadsheets. I don't want to feel like I am scheduled within an inch of my life. Every single second is accounted for. I want to feel creative and inspired and spacious. So I created this gold system so that I could really have both the the practical and the creative. And as soon as the shop is open, you are going to be able to read reviews from the thousands of users from postpartum new moms to college students, empty nesters, entrepreneurs who say it has changed and blessed their life like it has mine. So swipe up into the description of this episode to get on the list today or find the link in my Instagram bio at Hillary Rushford. And I will answer any and all cues you have about the journal, what it is, how you use it, if it's right for you at tomorrow's launch party. And let's get one in your hands, my dear. But today... Let us focus on the dream life that you are going to make happen thanks to partnering together this year. Ooh, c'est Darienne Mercredi. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. 
Last week's episode was sort of part one of this process. We talked about the roadblocks to dreaming, how we get in our own way and put ceilings on our dreams box ourselves in for what's possible, get overwhelmed or stuck, and don't make progress. You can listen to that first or after this, either time. But today, I'm going to ask you a series of questions as prompts to explore what it is that lights up your heart and your head, and then what do those mean? I want us to dream big enough for the life that we are worthy of, and narrow enough that our life is anchored in what really and uniquely makes us personally happiest. As you write down things that come up for you in these questions, don't judge yourself or rationalize your way out of any thought. It's dreaming. It's just fun. It's imagination, not analysis. You don't have to show it to anyone, justify it to anyone, or be able to explain how something is possible for you. As I said in the previous episode, one of my favorite lines that has blessed me so much since my friend Josh said it four years ago is, you don't need to know how God will do something to believe he can do it. Insert the universe, yourself, whatever speaks to you. But we don't have to know how in order to believe it can be possible. We also talked about that Disney line that a dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep. Fast asleep meaning you're just watching a film or scrolling Instagram or listening to someone else talk and tell their story and your heart leaps a little at a detail. And you may barely notice it anymore because your rational brain swats it away as not feasible, not practical, not related to you. But today, we're going to take notice of those thoughts. If you have the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal, you will find pages inside to take notes on this episode. Or you can just grab a blank piece of paper or your notes app and just brain dump all over the page. Words, phrases, people, places, ideas, topics, just really free form. For each question, I'm going to give you an example of my own answers in case they help spark an idea for you. And I'll give you just a moment of music. If you want to pause and keep thinking on that and pick back up, you are welcome to, or you can just listen on through and uh, trust that your thoughts will, will all coalesce together at the end. Beginning with question one. What are films you've loved. Whether the narrative or personality of a certain character, maybe the feeling of the location or the art direction, you just had a slight longing, wishing that you were in that film or imagining how life would be if you were. What was it about the place, career, setting, style, relationship, mission. One for me for years has been the talented Mr. Ripley. Minus the fact that there's a psychopath and it's rather terrifying. It has to do with this life of living in Italy or France on the coast and having this balcony outside to write on and uh, you're on boats and the style, the way Gwyneth Paltrow is dressed and they're spending time with friends who've come to town. So much about that 
is the life that my husband and I are curating now is our reality. And probably 10 years ago when I saw that, it seemed like something so far away that could never be possible for me. But actually, as I pull out those elements, I see that today... I am curating a life that has those things. So this is our first example of not glossing over those little elements and details that speak to you, but taking some notes to write them down and believe that you can find ways to weave those into your life. Question two, what about TV shows? Which shows have spoken to you and created longing or ideas in the same way over the years? One long ago example for me was that TLC show, What Not to Wear, where they would make over people in their style. At the time, being a stylist and doing that with other human beings someday never in a million years crossed my mind. But it wasn't the clothes that I was interested in. It was the way that they would feel at the end, the look on their face, the transformation that it would make in their life. Fast forward many years later, and that's what I do professionally as a style expert. At the time, it was not at all resonating to me that that's the job I wanted, but there was something in it that made me yearn and light up. Question three. What about books, whether fiction or nonfiction? What is it that you're drawn to, curious about? What is it that sparks your interest and imagination? For me, it's political autobiographies or behind the scenes of campaign trails. Less so today in our harsh political climate, but I was just always fascinated in the presidency and the, the the White House. And what I can take out of that is this real yearning to have an impact for good and a true power for change and getting to, to see that behind the scenes. So I'm able to realize it's not that I actually want a career in politics, but what was some of the essence that I'm drawn to that I now actually see is present in my career today? Question four, which Instagram accounts do you idealize their life and what elements of it is it that you would love to be living? And what are some accounts that you admire but you actually don't want to be or elements that don't resonate with you? What is it about that account, their story, their images that reminds you of your dreams and Again, what are the elements you also aren't drawn to, to clarify a little bit more? It's not this bit, but that part that I would love to have is my story. For me, it's frequent travel. Always. People who have a life where they are traveling a lot just seems like my absolute ideal. But then I ask myself even more so, travel to where? Well, I love when I see people on beaches And yet, I realize it's not the bathing suit lifestyle 24-7. It's not people who live in bikinis full-time living in Bali that resonates with me. It's 
people who are maybe working from there, living from there with a view. And I get down into those specifics that what I really love is rest and sunshine and peace. And that's what the beach feels like to me. And cool cities. What is it about that? I think it's inspiration, color, novelty, diversity, things that are modern, things that are vintage. It's so much about aesthetics and having more aesthetics in my life that really speaks to me when I see those accounts. Question five, what other lives to you just seem absolutely magical? Whether that's a celebrity or someone in your personal life, What is it about them that your heart feels so appealing? My prime example is Amal Clooney. In my mind, Amal Clooney just has the most marvelous life. She's brilliant. She's very successful at her career. She's making a difference. And she has this great love story, of course, with Mr. George Clooney. And she has affluence. And yet also she has relative privacy. She isn't on the cover of the tabloid magazines. And she she's not in the mix of, I don't know, going to events and things like that. So there's sort of a, a being off the grid, yet also having impact that blend of the the love story and the beauty and yet also feeling so empowered and successful in her career, that duality to me is best summed up in her. Question six, what homes do you see and think, that would be my dream home? Whether the location the style, or a specific element of it. Maybe for you, it's a craft room or a backyard for hosting, living near family, or having a waterfront view. For me, there's an influencer I follow who lives down south, and she has this incredible porch area. And even though I really want to live on the water someday, and that is my dream, I'm also so aware that every time I see that porch, it just feels like the kind of place that you would have friends over to. It feels comfy and warm and inviting, and the the, the seating just feels like you could sink right into it. And that that is so what I'm drawn to in a house is one that welcomes people and, and small groups of people. It isn't huge for hosting big parties. It's about having uh, a, a small handful of friends over just for a meal, just for brunch, that that is so what I desire in my home space. Question seven. What's your crazy dream job? Whether in childhood, this is what you wanted to be when you grow up, or at present, if you could snap your fingers and live a parallel life. And what are the characteristics of that job that might show up in another career or position? For me in high school, I wanted to be Katie Couric. I later realized I actually didn't simply want to be a news anchor anywhere. I specifically wanted to be Katie Couric as host of the Today Show. Because what was so fascinating about that role, not just any news anchor, is that she 
was so wise about so many areas. It was this very holistic experience where she was meeting so many people, whether they were famous or ordinary, sports or politics, art, current events. There was so much diversity in what she got to learn about and interact with. It seemed so mentally stimulating and fascinating to get to be in that job. Plus, it was being on camera, which as a theater major, I resonated with. And so even today, I know that I love the on-camera part of the work that I get to do and that I want to have a diverse diversity of things that I talk about and I'm learning about and feel like there's really a lot of depth that I'm constantly curious. And when I'm 85, I will still be curious about what it is that I'm hearing, seeking, learning, and doing in my work. Question eight, in your career, who do you envy and what exactly is it that they're doing in their job that you wish was you? What elements have you wondering, how do I get to do or be that? For me, it's whenever I see colleagues who have written a book or are doing speaking. And that is one reason why I continued to prioritize writing my book, because I could see when I took notice, this is something that when I see it in other people, I'm like, yes, I want that for myself. And the speaking, I've had to parse that apart and notice sometimes it feels exhausting to me how much uh, friends of mine are traveling for speaking. So I don't put that up on a pedestal as though I want to be traveling and speaking all the time. But what I do see is there's an expertise, there's an honoring of the fact that they have something to say, they are getting to have a larger impact because they're speaking to larger crowds, uh, larger groups of people. And so I'm really able to separate what is it that I desire, but I also don't want it to feel too much like this. I don't want it to feel like constantly being on the road or hustle or exhaustion, but I am drawn earnestly to having some of that component in my future. So how does that change my present business plans and what I'm pursuing? Question nine. What causes ache your heart most when you hear about them? You may or may not know how you want to lean in and be part of the solution, the help and healing of this pain or injustice in the world, but you just acknowledge the longing. For me, years ago, I listened to the Serial podcast when they did a season on the criminal justice system in Ohio, and I was so gripped by the brokenness of our criminal justice system, the racial inequality, and I did not know what I would do about that. That's not my work. That's not my area of expertise. But it just sat with me for years of all the podcasts or articles that I could listen to and take in. There was something about that one that has just continued to sit with me, and I just acknowledge that that spoke to me in a deep way. Question 10. Who do you admire for their mental health or their faith 
or spirituality or mindfulness? What is it about how they live or what they seek, whether you know them or not, that inspires you? There is an older pastor named Bill Johnson, and he's probably in his 70s, and he just has so much wisdom. I love listening to him, and what I realize that I'm drawn to is appreciating the wisdom that I will have in my 70s and 80s to speak from that place of being so confident, so peaceful, because you've had so many decades to really go deeper into what it is that you believe and so much experience throughout life to speak on. And I look forward to still being in that type of role when I'm in that season of my life to be speaking and writing and teaching. Question 11. What are qualities or characteristics in other people that you wish you had? You observe and admire these, wishing the same could be true of or said of you. For me, it's anyone with a brilliant vocabulary, which might seem like a silly thing, but we can acknowledge the silly things, that this is what stands out to me when I think someone just has such a great way with words, and I absolutely love that, and it makes me want to expand my vocabulary and deepen my own ability to write because I think that it's such a marvelous gift that so draws me in. Question 12. Who do you admire for the way they live on a daily basis? Maybe it's their commitment to exercise, their parenting style, or how they've set boundaries. Again, this could be someone in your personal life or someone that you just know from afar or follow online. For me, there's a author I follow who has a really solid morning meditation practice, and she does it again midday. And while I don't even have a much beginnings of a morning meditation practice, I acknowledge that there is a peacefulness, a groundedness, an anchoring, a presence and being present that I'm really drawn to, that that is a yearning that even if it isn't present in my life, I can notice that that is something that I desire and that I assume that would make my life feel, my days feel a way that I desire to feel more of. Question 13. What do you daydream about? Where's your happy place? Maybe you picture this when you fall asleep at night or you talk about it as your dream life if you won the lottery or just in your wildest dreams. For me, one of my happy places is a pool overlooking the ocean in a foreign country with my family. It's this magical view. It's my favorite people being together. It's the deep time that comes when you get to travel. It's having an abundant life where we could have provided for our family to get to have an experience like that. It's um, 
it's private. This is the safe space for the kids to run around. And that is one of the places that I go to when I just want to calm my mind, drift off to sleep, and hold the vision for my happy place. Question 14. If you knew you only had three years left to work or be creative, and you could never do anything in that specific area again, what would you do? What is the most important thing you would create or leave if you only had three years and then you had to change industries or find a new skill or passion. For me, it's writing the style book. I know that is the most important and impactful thing that I can leave. And having this realization and coming back to this question has really helped me to fight to make sure that I prioritize it over so many other good goals, acknowledging that I would regret if it was something that I didn't make happen and that I shouldn't delay. I should make it happen now in this next three-year period. And finally, question 15. Imagine your college-age grandchildren are having dinner with you and their friends. How would you want them to describe you? What would you want them to say after, oh, my grandmother or grandfather? With pride, what will they say is true of your life? What have they noticed and admired as the next generation that fills you with joy or peace or pride at your legacy? I've thought about this question as it came up often with the story of my engagement ring. My engagement ring belonged to my grandmother, and therefore I have spoken about her so much in the few years since we got engaged and told her story that is behind the ring. So I won't sway your story but with my own, but this is a beautiful inspiring, powerful vision for us to hold. That doesn't have to do with what people will say after we're gone. We are here. We are living a long, full life. And we are here to enjoy our legacy and hear what is said about us, what the people who are in relationship with us at that moment appreciate about us when we are 75, 85, 95. Look at all the little ideas and notes that you made as those questions were coming up and start to look for the whys. Why are you drawn to these things? What is it? What are the elements? You know, some things I see as repeating themes for myself are travel, having an impact or influence or helping people, living by the water, having outdoor space and a beautiful home. And then again, ask why. What is it about those categories? Why does clean water tug at my heart so much as a a core cause on my heart? Why do I think that is, that it resonates with me? Uh, What do I mean by creative? It's, It's not really this and it's more this type. What do I mean by these words that are on my list? And then, you don't figure out how yet. You just notice and soak in what your dreams are. 
what you can learn about your head and your heart. Noticing that, for example, clean drinking water is one of the needs that so gets at my heart. That could mean donating time, volunteering, time as in it's my actual job, wisdom as in I'm Bill Gates exploring solutions, money as in I give $10 a month, or influence as we take it to $10,000 of the the sales of a course and we built a well through uh, Charity Water in Tigray, Ethiopia last year. You don't have to start a nonprofit, change jobs, volunteer with your time, have a ton of money to donate, or be at a rally this week. Just notice that's a pull on my heart. I'm going to remember it and look for ways to honor that. A girlfriend of mine was over. We were having a conversation where she was talking about how she she wants to be a COO, a chief uh, operating officer, but she also wants to be a full-time mom. And so she was saying, well, I shouldn't be applying for those COO jobs right now because I know one day I want to be a mom. Um, well, to start with, she's presently single, not in a relationship, not about to get married, and not about to have a baby. So I said, you can have both of those things. You can be a part-time COO and working remotely. And she was like, oh, yeah. You know, because I do picture like leaving the house sometimes for meetings. I really don't picture myself as a full-time stay-at-home mom. I just know that I want to be able to also spend a lot of time with my kids. So just notice that you want the corner office and the four kids. This was sort of Sheryl Sandberg's message in Lean In, I believe, that we don't have to, that we don't believe two things can coexist. So we stop trying before we even get there. And they very well may be able to coexist or each one may happen in their own season. But she told so many stories, just like my friend, of single women already holding themselves back in their dreams because of another dream to have kids someday that they thought way down the road was going to be in conflict. Just acknowledge both of those dreams and commit to chasing and pursuing them wholeheartedly both. I didn't know that I was building a company when I started a side gig as a personal stylist. I think people look at what I do now and think that it was this full-fledged dream and path and I was you know, out to launch an empire and I knew exactly what I was doing. No, I just didn't want to wait tables or do temp jobs anymore. I had a vision of doing something that used my talents. That's it. But by going for that, I got a whole mission and life purpose. All I did to start was notice what I wanted. I wanted to feel like I was using my gifts. I wanted to have a flexible job where I could still audition because I was a musical theater performer at the time. And I didn't tell myself that it was silly or too hard, or not for me. I just started a website, posted about it on Facebook, and to the normal friends I had there, I didn't have any sort of following, and the dreams started to unfold. Your dreams matter because when you're happy, you bring happiness to others. When you love your life, you love others more. When your life is abundant, you can give more. It is okay to be scared or intimidated, unsure about the the feasibility of these things, but just dream them anyways. And remember, you don't have to know how at this point. If you have the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal, our next steps are around goals, getting specific, narrowing, organizing, making plans. 
If you're listening to this podcast live, I'm going to help you identify more important goals next week. But for now, take a few minutes to just reread your list or consider what ideas came up for you and enjoy your dreams. They are uniquely yours. You were created to have them, to have a story that no one else can live for reasons only you need to understand or don't even understand, but honor. Just honor your heart, your desires, instead of denying yourself and dismissing your dreams. And the more you lean into your dreams, the easier it will become to see what they are and see them come to life. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately are my favorite pens to use with my Elegant Excellence Goals Journal. I get this DM all the time from my fellow paper product nerds, my people. So swipe up and I have linked my four favorite pens below because yes, I have four favorite pens. I have all four of them sitting on my desk and usually in my bag most days. I use them all for different purposes and I think they all look very chic displayed in some uh, gold empty candle containers that I have in my desk. So Swipe up to find those links, and I also love seeing which covers of the 2021 Elegant Excellence Goals Journal you are most excited about. I love that you guys are sharing what you ordered over on Instagram stories and tagging me so that I can see and you're sending me DMs. Swipe up and get your journal today at elegantexcellencejournal.com to make sure your favorite doesn't sell out. And then I'll see you over on Instagram stories, my favorite place to not just hang out with you, which is this podcast, but to interact with you and hear back from you, which is Instagram stories. I will see you there with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.